0: one small step for brands, one giant leap for brand kind. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining Food Chain by Perfect. We've got Damian Law, the founder of F&Good Snacks here with us today. Welcome, Damian. Thanks for having me, man. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. Same, same. Hey, so let's start off with a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'm Damien. I'm 21. And um, I started Effing Good Snacks in October of 2020. So way back before I started this. So I dropped out of college when I was uh, in 19. That's when I started my first business before Effing um, Good Snacks. was never really a good student in school. So I always wanted to set out on my own and do my own thing. And um, in 2019, I was actually in my first semester of college and then my friend gave me my first uh business book rich dad poor dad which i think like a lot of people that's uh, the first and went off from there started going down the deep rabbit hole of entrepreneurship and um, wasn't about until like 2020 i decided i needed to do something like i was really passionate about because my first business it was uh in a niche that i didn't care about it was more of like a money play so I really wanted to do something I really, really cared about in a big market to challenge myself to see where I can really take things and how far I can take things. And um yeah, that's kind of where we lead to now.
0: Gotcha. It's funny you mentioned it because I feel like there's a lot of founders out well, it's probably equal, I bet, but like I, I wasn't that good of a student. I, I was always the class clown. I, I got the good grade. Yeah. I, I was like the, the eight I don't know how they grade in, in Canada, but in America, when I was in high school and college, there was like, especially high school, there was like use for cooperation and whatever the other one was.
1: Yeah, yeah, I had, we had that shit too.
0: But yeah, it was A U use and the teachers. Anyway, it was it was just funny that they're like, you never come to class, you, you always fuck around when you're in class, but you're getting good grades. Yeah, so we, can't, we can't say much.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so I lived in Hong Kong for like fifteen years of my life. So when I was fifteen, my parents sent me to Canada. To like live by myself, to like finish. So the whole plan was for me to, you know, go to Canada, finish high school, go to college, and then you know get a job. So that was kind of like my parents' plan for me, and that kind of all got like screwed up. I think uh, for them when they sent me here when I was fifteen, because when you send a fifteen-year-old abroad, yeah, yeah, you know, shit happens. You know what I mean? When you live by yourself when it's at such a young age, at least for me, you're more independent and you can. Think for yourself more. And I think during the 15 and 18 years old period for me is when I really kind of, you know, decided what I wanted and what I didn't want. And I knew what I didn't want was to kind of get a nine to five, get a job. And so it was really figure some shit out for myself or nothing. Um, So I guess like kind of putting myself in like a situation where my back is against the wall. And I think when people do that, Cool things can happen. And that certainly happened like for me. And uh, I'm just really grateful to kind of like be in a position where I figured out what I wanted to do at a young age and kind of doing it.
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, being put in those pressure situations really helps sometimes. It's, it's not for yeah, everybody, yeah. But, it, but it's definitely, um, it'll expedite the process. Yeah. Uh, I'm fascinated by the fact that you're doing dope things in CPG as a first time CPG founder. Yeah. Age is nothing, but sometimes it is, you know, 21. 21. Age
1: is just a number. (laughs) And I'm sure like for Perfy, like food and Bev is tough. Margins are tough. Just the whole business model is tough. Cause for my first business, it was like an Amazon business. So we just sold like yoga products like online. And that was a completely different mindset and model to how you actually approach CPG. CPG is all about repeat purchases, customer relations, like all that. But you don't really worry about that. I mean, you do, but not to the extent of CPG for like other categories. You know what I mean? So, like, as like a first-time food founder, it's definitely like taught me a lot in how to run a food company and like all the different scrappy ways you kind of have to do it, especially if you're like a, a bootstrapped company yeah. as well.
0: I hear you. I mean, it's it's funny because you're talking about the margins, and and for me, I get a lot of flack right now for being you know a two fifty to three dollar functional soda. <laughs> But what what's funny is I, I I sometimes get these comments like dang man I, I wish we could do better right now but it's hard to do in your early days yeah, to get yeah. that, those economies of scale. But secondly, yeah. for food and beverage, you're stoked if you have like a fifty percent gross margin. Some people are in the twenties and thirties, and yeah. the same people are probably buying these apparel companies that cost eighty dollars for a t-shirt for and it costs seven dollars to make, and it's just. It's it's definitely tough in food and beverage. I
1: hear you. It hurts, man. Like I I have a friend uh, who owns a beauty company. She makes like 80% gross, which is ridiculous. (laughs) And then I tell her like, hey, I'm making like, you know, 30. And she's like, what? I can't imagine. (laughs) I'm like, trust me. (laughs) Tell me more about
0: your founder's story. Like what made you choose cookies for Evan Good Snacks to start with?
1: Yeah. So originally I didn't even think about starting a snacking company. So for those of you who don't know, Effing Good Snacks is a better for you nighttime snacking company. So after a year of running my first company, I really kind of like sat down, really thought to myself like, hey, what do I really want to do for the next five years? So when I was brainstorming kind of like my next thing, I really had three criterias that it really had to meet. So one was, is it something that I truly care about, passionate about, and can see myself doing it for like the next five years. Is it a problem that I experience? Is it a problem that a lot of people experience? So I was just like really like for the next like, for like two months, I was just like racking my brain, like thinking about what I wanted to do. Picking your ideas kind of a lot like dating. You can't really force it. It kind of has to like come naturally. And those are kind of like the best interactions. You know what I mean? So if you're like me, late night snacking is literally your worst enemy. No matter like how healthy I eat throughout the day, I would always like crave the most unhealthy foods at night. So my girlfriend has this huge sweet tooth at night. I have a huge sweet tooth at night. You know, we like watching some Netflix when we chill out. So we love having like cookies, but I would always feel bad about eating at night. We're like worried it might like ruin my sleep. So I try like a bunch of healthier alternative snacks. And what I mean is like healthy snacks like Greek yogurt or like almonds or like. Bananas, and those didn't scratch the itch at all. So that gave me like the idea, like why is no one talking about like the importance about late night snacking? Because I think it's like one of the best like meals a day. You get to like unwind, chill out, have your favorite treat. Late night snacking has a really bad rep, and I just got the idea to kind of change it, like reimagine the most popular late night junk foods into like better for you options with like functional ingredients that could actually. Help you sleep better instead of ruin your sleep. And so cookies, my favorite treat. Cookies is like one of the most, um, the biggest categories in grocery. So I really wanted to, you know, make a healthier cookie, soft baked, low sugar, low carb and put in like functional ingredients that could help you relax and sleep better. What made you go with magnesium? I actually take magnesium myself. Before I took it, I wasn't sleeping too good. And so, like, I noticed like the effects of taking magnesium and how it actually benefits your sleep. And, uh, almonds, a lot of people don't know this, but almonds actually have one of the highest amounts of magnesium in food. That's actually like the first ingredient in our recipe. And like 80% of Americans are magnesium deficient and magnesium is like literally one of the most important minerals we can have. So we wanted to put in these superfoods into our uh, recipe
0: love it. I love it. What's the villain in your story? What were the cookies you were eating before you were, <laughs> you were eating your own?
1: Chips Ahoy, Oreos, all those. Unpopular opinion, but uh, the red Chips Ahoy cookies are better than the crunchy ones. Like if anyone's listening, don't at me, you know. But, uh, <laughs> are, are those the, the, the chewy ones? ones? Yeah, the chewy ones. They're so much better than the crunchy ones. I agree. And I if agree. you, yeah,
0: you've had them? I haven't had Chips Ahoy in a very long time. But I remember yeah. it's chewy and crunchy, and I was more of the chewy guy.
1: Yeah, the chewy is just way better. And also, like, there's like a bunch of like healthy cookies on the market, mm-hmm. but all the ones that have like low sugar and low carb, they're all crunchy. Mm-hmm. There's not a, like a single one that is like a chewy, soft baked cookie. And I just don't understand like why like crunchy cookies for me just taste kind of like artificial. So we kind of wanted to make something like taste like homemade, and uh, yeah, just reminds you like a good
0: chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> I love that too, because you hit on a good point. Most of the better for you cookies are extremely crunchy and oftentimes dry. And I, I haven't tried yours yet, but I have seen like the videos of people reviewing them. And when you break into them, they look so, so chewy and soft. Good job there.
1: Yeah. I made like a TikTok recently where I showcased like the different usages of the product. So basically you can like have it as is as a cookie. You can like put in the air fryer you can microwave it for 10 seconds, which I highly recommend if you ever try it out. Or my personal favorite, an ice cream sandwich. Like that is bomb. You got to try that when I uh, get you some.
0: Yeah, I think I might put a bunch of them together, like one big cookie on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, it's would be nice.
1: Yeah, or like an individual one. Those are bomb too. Gotcha. Awesome. Um,
0: so talking about TikTok, I think that you cracked the code on TikTok. How long have you been on there? And when did you realize that you just cracked the code? I love how you always talk about the founder story. I love watching Yeah.
1: Uh I wouldn't say like I cracked the code, but uh I started posting there December twenty-fourth, twenty twenty-one at the end of the year. And the reason I started posting that was because posting on TikTok. I wasn't even originally planning on doing it. I didn't think like I was good on camera or anything, but I was at like a weird place in the business. Um Momentum wasn't going on, nothing was happening, supply chain issues. So I was going through this period from like August to December where nothing was happening. We were just waiting for like raw ingredients to schedule production runs. So I felt like there was really nothing I was doing at the time. And, you know, as entrepreneurs, that's like one of the worst feelings. We always have to feel like we're doing stuff or else like we get like anxious or at least for me. Uh, So I started posting there end of December, just kind of like trying it out. So the first video I posted was like a founder story, why I dropped out of college to make cookies. And uh, that video went viral. I think it has like almost like 900,000 views now. And that one single video that's helped us drive like 6,000 waiting list subscribers, which is insane. In like two and a half weeks, we got like 6,000 people. So yeah, that was about... January-ish, like January seventh or something. So we had a six thousand people. I'm like, okay, this is awesome. We have six thousand people. What do we do next? And I saw somewhere that like the longer you kind of like keep someone on a waiting list, the more likely they're they're to churn. So I was like, okay, let's test this list out, see what uh, we can do with it. So we launched pre-orders on uh, January twenty seventh. So far, we've sold about like fourteen hundred units in pre-orders, which is pretty nice. So yeah, TikTok has been a big role. And what we're doing right now, we're basically putting all of our focus into TikTok. We run no paid ads. So everything we're doing right now is organic. And I just don't think like people understand how powerful it is. This is like 2012 Instagram. The organic reach is insane. And so I think any small business listening or watching this should get on TikTok and just kind of share the story.
0: I love it, man. I started posting about Percy on TikTok in May of last year. And I, I don't have the knack for it. You know, I, I obviously run a social agency on the side, but we, we aren't touching yeah. TikTok yet. And we had somebody that we brought on for that. So we started getting some early momentum, but it was funny. we, we didn't, I didn't even know what the branding was yet. We were still in formulation. Yeah. We were posting empty cans compared to like, uh sodas that everybody knows about there were some people on there that were like you don't even have a product this is a lie you're you know you're capping or whatever Um, yeah yeah
1: people said that on mine too (laughs) we we went
0: dark for a bit but we're finally getting back going
1: yeah and i think like pre-launch is like because we didn't have a product too right so i was just like sharing my story and like this is why i started effing good snacks and you know people didn't even know what we were selling didn't no one's tried it before but i think that's like the beauty about tiktok It's all about storytelling and connecting with people authentically and just kind of like sharing your story. And I think that's why it works really well.
0: Yeah, I'm 100% about that. I think that founder story and community story are the two bedrocks of building CPG right now.
1: Yeah, 100%. And I'm like, I'm like really bullish on uh, creator led companies. And what I mean is like, the reason why a lot of creator companies are doing so well is because first they lead with like value and in terms of that you get trust from the audience so you know imagine like the Mr Beast of the world the Logan Pauls the Nelks they all have like huge ass brands but that all started with just creating content and building trust and i think like moving forward especially with like all the rising ad costs and all that storytelling with founder led storytelling is going to be like the the new wave of how like brands are being built i think
0: I agree with you. I think that some of the creators or influencers that came out with their own brands, one bone I have to pick is that there is a candy company that's out there. That's just a a sugary candy company that a fitness influencer created and they've got the community. It doesn't even matter. But for me, it's all about solving a problem for one of the biggest issues we have in America is obesity and diabetes. And I can't get get behind just a, a product with somebody's face on it when it doesn't solve the metabolic issue. So one thing I would say is like, yeah, it's their audience. They they know what they want, but I yeah. don't think, I don't think it solves a systemic issue in America, which is obesity
1: and diabetes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like building an audience, building a community, and then figuring out what you want, how you are going to monetize it. I think that's going to be the, the new wave instead of, you know, having a product and then finding the audience for it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I'm with you. It's it's tough. Um, Everyone always talks about product market fit. In my agency life, there's been brands that have pre launched said, This is our customer. And they have like these muses built out. This person's literally 33 years old. They wear size seven pants. I think a lot of that's kind of hogwash. I I could never get behind that. I I think it's important to have different targets to test. Um, Yeah, ultimately, ultimately, I think the market's going to tell you. So, one one edge that influencers and creator led uh, businesses do have is you already know who they're who their market is and you can kind of go towards that. So I think it's pretty Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's like one thing you touched on, just like get it out there. I think that's also important. Mm-hmm. I think I stalled way too long. If there's one thing I could go back and do, it's uh get it out faster because we've been working on this for like a year and a half now. So if I could go back, I would just release like the first version of the product, get it out there, get feedback instead of waiting so long.
0: Hopefully this helps. I did exactly that where I rushed. So the first RD person that responded to me, or the group that's responded to me, ended up being the best one, in my opinion. And I ended up working with them, and they were the ones that formulated Perfy. And we went from a call on February 28th of 2021 to our first actual meeting with the contract signed in the beginning of April 2021. And we had hands in hand liquid in cans in november of 2021 so in seven months we went from um, from a contract signed in our first meeting to liquid in cans final recipes but the the issue with rushing that then was you know i i made some concessions on things that i wish i had And that's the first one is the late like straight up the yellow tropical citrus can is pretty tough to read i didn't get yeah. physical proofs i rushed through it i was like i just want to get an mdp out there minimum viable product and I did do that, but if I could go back, hindsight's twenty twenty. Launching the trial packs to get feedback was a pro and a con. Five hundred people bought the trial pack day one, and I thought it was cool. But that trial pack, we were it was meant to learn. So how are we going to ship liquid, three cans in you know an outer uh, a cool branding box? And then an outer box without it getting messed up. And some of those did get messed up. So we had some returns and some people weren't stoked. But ultimately, what that, the, the, the value in that for me was we have a sick box now that ships the 12 pack trays and or the 24 yeah. pack trays. And so there's pros and cons to it both ways. So don't feel too bad about it.
1: Okay. Did you, would you say like you rushed it?
0: Hell yeah, we rushed it. It was cool because yeah. I, I, I thought, you know, some beverages take three years to make. And and perfume we got out there and I'm very proud of the, the the taste in it. I just made some concessions on the label that they're now fixed though, you know. It was c- kinda cool because nobody hides feedback. People that care about beverage, they I had people reach out to me saying, Hey, this is where you gotta fix it, blah 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 blah. And <clears> I took all of that feedback. It was basically free feedback. I have no ego about it. I was like, dang, good point. And I just, you know, popped it on there. And, and one of the places I cut costs was Branding. Uh, I didn't go and spend two hundred grand on branding. You know, I, did, I spent a, a few grand, yeah. but ultimately, net net, I'm still stoked. You know, we, we made the adjustments that we did, and I'm fired up on the new labels coming out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's secret confidential. Back to send me some labels, and they're fire. They're fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, can't wait to get those out. August, man, with our fourth yeah. flavor too. Um, yeah, but uh, tell me more about um, like sleep. You don't have to, you know, show your cards on what's what's next in the pipe. Uh, I know you're just getting going, but is yeah. is sleep the day part that you're focusing on and your, your strategic position?
1: Yeah, nighttime is definitely uh the the kind of the day part um we're focusing on. Um the reason for that is I, there's no company out there that's kind of talking about late night snacking. There's companies talking about, you know, midday snacking or breakfast or lunch, dinner, but no one's really focusing on nighttime snacking, which is where like most people kind of mess up, you know, willpower is low um we crave like the most unhealthy things at night late night uh, and like i said late night snacking has a bad rep and uh we just really want to change that um so if you look at like the most popular late night junk foods um in america number 1 is like cookies ice cream chips and all these savory snacks so what we really want to do is we, we start off with cookies, but the whole the bigger vision is to reimagine like all the the most popular late night junk food and just really change the way we kind of like think about eating at night. And I think like you can just have your favorite treat without, you know, it messing up your sleep or feeling bad about yourself. So that's kind of like the grand vision.
0: And the cool part is you can eat these throughout the day, though. It's not going to put you to sleep at lunch if you want to have it as a snack. No, yeah.
1: So we don't use like ingredients like melatonin or anything. We just use like magnesium-rich foods or like foods that have, you know, been proven to have contain like certain nutrients that could help you sleep. In the future, we're thinking about putting, you know, ashwagandha or like L-theanine in the product. So we have like a couple like ideas we're trying to test out with, you know, our community and stuff to see... What, what clicks and what they want. Um, but yeah, no, no, nothing that puts you to
0: sleep. 100%. Having a soda that has both of those ingredients you mentioned? Yeah. So this past week, I ran out of perforia. They always say, don't get high on your own supply. So I started ordering yeah. now. And I, <laughs> I fucking drink these like three or four a day. And what I notice when I'm drinking them is when I get into bed, my mind is done. Like I can get some restful sleep literally right. So you drink it before bed? You drink I, it yeah, before that's, bed. That's exactly why I didn't put caffeine in it because I wanted yeah. to be able to have people drink soda after dinner and not worrying about not worry about staying up yeah. late. So for me when yeah. I drink it, I could fall asleep right away. But the past week when I was waiting for my order to come in, I couldn't sleep. Oh, no. I was saying I was staying up past eleven thirty, midnight. And I was like, "Damn, I need to get my perfume. in. so, yeah, I, I feel you there. Just, just make sure the flavor is still there with with perfy, You can't really taste the functional ingredients, and that was a huge yeah. grill It's not to taste yeah. nasty. I think it'll be cool.
1: Yeah, and and we really want to be part of someone's like routine too. Every single night after dinner, when you get a sweet tooth, you think of effing good snacks. And like, I think late night snacking is just like such a unwinding, comforting part of your day. It's like you had a long day, you come home. Um, you eat dinner and then you relax and whenever you relax, um, we want to be there um, for that moment um, with, with some great feff good snacks.
0: <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah. so tell me about some of your some brands that might have inspired you brands that you love um, that you either consume or just you just love.
1: I think uh, top of mind would be like magic spoon. Magic Spoon is like a definitely a brand I look up to. And the reason for that, they sell cereal, yes, but I think they like really sell like nostalgia. You know, every one kid can relate to eating cereal on Sunday. So they really like make a healthier product, but really tie it back to like the feeling of like what you feel when you eat that bowl of cereal. Um, and so that's something we, we definitely want to do, like I said, with like the unwinding and the relaxing. We want to tie that feeling with our products, just how magic spoon ties you know childhood with their cereal
0: it's funny you say that magic spoon is still one of our clients on the on my agency side but as we were uh working with them early on we we helped launch them if you scroll like all the way back you'll see we're testing a lot of different things and it was early on so good and one of the goals was one of the things we knew early on was you can't just post the same stuff every time like if anyone can do it then you, you probably don't want to do it so you'll see crazy ass things where we turned uh, coffee machines into milk dispensers and we had super soakers firing milk and the what? goal that that's it <laughs> the, yeah the goal there early on when we were shooting that content was not to sell cereal but to sell a feeling and to sell yeah, nostalgia yeah. and that's the dopest thing that you said that because that was 100 one of our our goals on the content side and i, I was initially you know writing to the uh, editorial calendars for them and just coming up with the crazy stuff they would send me fucking coffee they knew that i was at my best when i was super caffeinated so get yeah. i get coffee it was so awesome like, i got like uh i forget the name of the, the brand i was like like uh something bear okay. new york coffee brand but it's it's a cold brew but i didn't know that it was concentrated I drank so much of it, I ended up puking. It was amazing coffee. <laughs> I, I just didn't know it was a concentrate. But I, yeah. I, I love I love getting caffeinated to go in my creative zone. Um it's cool that you mentioned that. Yeah.
1: Break. Yeah, I love love magic spoon. And um I just think there was there's this like thing I heard um when I started, it was like people like your customers may forget like what you do, what you sell, but they never forget how you make them feel. So with like content, the founder story, the feeling we're trying to create with our product that's kind of like always been top of mind just like i think when someone's emotionally invested in your journey and your product then they're emotionally invested into your brand
0: absolutely that's the goal yeah. um that's literally why I that just, is the goal <laughs> i handle all of the customer support for Perfy. still you know i've got a team that i could probably offload that to, but i think it's important to yeah one of them feedback and and support yeah. from people who are, are oh, really that. adopting the exactly- brand
1: yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing too. Um, you know, I put my personal phone number in uh, our website and our emails. So if anyone calls me, um, one funny story: I was actually on the toilet one time, and uh, a customer <laughs> and a customer called me like, "Where is my order?" Um, so I was like, "Can you give me like five, <laughs> five minutes?" I'm on the toilet, <laughs> and then uh, his name was Alex, actually the customer. Uh, and he was like, "Oh, my bad, man. I'm sorry." Um, yeah, and then it was just like a funny joke all along. So that build like a, a good good relationship with uh with my, one of the customers. I think just like, especially as a startup, you can't really be thinking from like going, how to go from like one to 10, obviously that's important, like the bigger picture. But I think like as a bootstrapped, you know, startup, CEO, founder, who's wearing like multiple hats, you have to like focus on like how to go from like one to two and just like every customer counts because that one customer can tell five of their friends and that, that way you get five customers. So like, just really going deep and doing things that don't really scale in the beginning. I and mean, it's kind of the mindset we're approaching and how, how to build this company.
0: It's amazing that you say that. I, I 100% agree. There's a new MarTech company coming out. It's kind of like an affiliate program. And Perfi's approved for it. And I'm stoked to get going next month. But you should check them out and I can even make you an what, intro. What is it called? I'm about to tell you. And, and for, okay. everyone, for everyone listening, it's called Group Shop. And what it does is basically it's an affiliate and no, I, this is not sponsored in any way or like that. I just, I can't wait to get going with them. They have a basic affiliate program. So when you make a purchase, it's like referral slash affiliate. Each person has a shop that's created custom for them. So they can share the, a link of theirs. And it looks almost like a Shopify storefront where people go in and be like, Oh, this looks good. I want that. and That's where they make their commission. Instead of like a link or a coupon code and I cannot wait until next month for them to launch.
1: So it's like a landing page or like yeah. a store for your each individual customer and they can like send people to their store to sign up and stuff. And exactly. they get like rewards and stuff? Exactly. So it's it's called it's like a yeah. okay. It's word of mouth marketing on steroids, like
0: and it had a baby with a out oh, wow. and, and referral. So uh, I used to use a thing called referral candy, and what it would do is have like an auto. Oh yeah, check that out. It's yeah. like an automated tweet where it's pre-written and there's a link that tracks things. For me, it, it worked. We did a good job of that at one of the brands we work with. With with Perfy, I want to try all of these new up and coming technologies because I think some of them are really going to land. And having a link where it goes to a like, yeah. page to shop, it's just way better than than like. I have like, what's it? Butcher box coupon codes. When friends ask like, to get to save 30 bucks. Can to send them the link? Like I send them a link, but it just feels weird. You know, if I sent them yeah. a link to a storefront, it wouldn't feel as weird.
1: Yeah. That sounds cool, man. I'm, I'm going to have to check them out. Yeah. There, there's actually uh, one more thing I kind of want to touch on. It's uh, making just like a good product. Um, I think that's also something that's sometimes overlooked in especially in the world of like, paid ads and all that just like create like a great product something that you really care about something you personally use and i think creating a product just great product just makes every single thing easier customer service content reviews ads whatever it is just creating something like awesome that makes a difference in like your customers lives and um i think for us the way we're looking uh, at, at future product developments it's like what can we like take that's like people love um people are super familiar with so is it doritos is it oreos so kind of like take looking at it from a big picture and can relate to something people can be familiar with and so that makes our job a lot easier because everyone knows what an oreo tastes like so if we tell them it's a healthy oreo then that's like an easy sell you know what i mean so just kind of like looking at those um factors as well when deciding like what you want to do next um one hundred percent. Every every uh, yeah. marketing book I,
0: I've read says that that parody is important, especially in like a thirty second elevator pitch. Like, if you were to say it's like Chips Ahoy but healthier, that's something yeah. that people can like quickly relate to. You know?
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if you like make something like very like unorthodox, it's like harder to sell. You know what I mean? So you're just like making it harder. <laughs> yeah, it, it, and it's it's very costly. and more too. education.
0: Yeah, exactly. Education is expensive.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: 100%. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think aside from that, I, I think we're good. Where, where can we find you on social uh, TikTok,
1: IG? Where can people learn more yeah. about you? The website is called effinggoodsnacks so it's just e f f i n goodsnacks dot um, Instagram, same thing, effinggoodsnacks. And then if you want to find me on TikTok, um, it's my name. It's a uh, Damien Law one two three. Damien with an E. Gotcha.
0: Amazing. And uh, Damien, if you want we can uh, I'll hit you offline. We could throw like a coupon code or something like that in the uh, show notes so people can check.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.
0: Amazing. Well,
1: thanks for being on Food Chain, Damien.
0: The cookie story
1: is amazing. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much for having me, man. Let's let's do this again. And uh, if anyone's listening or watching this, you know, have any questions, I'm always, I'm, you know, I'm still figuring shit out. But if I can like help, help out, answer questions, just like shoot me a message on like LinkedIn. It's just my name too.
0: 100%. We'll we'll link that in the show notes as well for you, brother.
1: Yeah. Alrighty. Alrighty, man. It was fun. Good topic. All right, man.